myself. My name is Ron. James Bond is looking at you, kid. The force will be with you always. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're gonna need a bigger boat. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Where shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. Is that five seconds? Um, I think so. I honest, I honestly wasn't counting. All right. Well, one. Were you were two, you counting? Three. Four, five. Nine. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network, where we cannot count to five. What is the podcast network? Um. Give me a mean? definition of that. Like, what is what is we keep saying? One, two, three, four, five. Part of the podcast network. Six, seven, eight, nine. This guy's trying to run away. What are we doing right now? (laughs) Like, what is what's going on here? What are you asking? Why are we recording a podcast? No, that wasn't your question. What's a podcast network? Oh, oh well. I don't want to give spoilers. Why are you asking me this question so randomly? I don't know. I mean, I feel like we say it every episode. Someone's bound to ask us what that means. Oh, oh yeah, but it's like a spoiler if we talk about it right now. Let's just say we have uh, something down the pipeline. But Keg is going to ruin the surprise and shit, so I don't really want to, you know, get too deep in it. That's what she said. The Oscars were last night, and... You know, us being a film podcast, I feel like it's a pretty reasonable request for us to go ahead and talk about it. We talked about it last year. I don't think we talked about it the year before that. I can't remember. I think we were on hiatus during that time. Yeah. But we definitely spoke about the Oscars last year when Parasite took Best Picture. I know we were both really happy about that. And all around, it was a decent award show last year. <laughs> Especially compared to this year, because uh, this year's was <laughs> kind of a mess. It was um, a strange year. That, we agree to that. Well, yeah, I mean, a strange year is, is putting it uh, very lightly. And it was also a very strange award show. You know, I'm all for not having a host. Uh, unless they're the Muppets. I think the Muppets should be the only hosts for the Oscars. I thought Ellen was good, but she's canceled now. So Ricky Gervais is the best Oscar host ever. What year did he do? He's done it. Hasn't he done it twice? I think he did it a couple years ago. And then I think, it, was it the year before Fallon? I don't know, but I know he's hosted the Oscars a few times. But I'm a fan of the no host thing. I think things moved a little smoother last year. Uh, They tried the no host again this year, and it was (laughs) okay, I guess, like towards the beginning. And then things got a little weird (laughs) as the show sort of started wrapping up. But, you know, all in all, there were a lot of very questionable decisions made throughout the award show uh and i think you might agree because we were uh talking back and forth throughout 
the show and i know we both had some of the same uh criticisms especially the lack of clips during the nominees like when they were listing off the nominees especially in the beginning though it was bad in the beginning i feel like they were like kind of just trying to rush things i think it was bad throughout the whole thing i can only think of three nominee lists like like two three categories that had clips and that was best international film best animated film and i think best picture was the last one yeah best picture had it best actors didn't have any you know moments of you know the actors you know in these films which was odd best i think best cinematography had clips I'm not sure. I could be wrong, though, because I remember thinking, why aren't I looking at the cinematography? So that they was sh- weird. They showed clips for best original song, but they showed like the music videos if there was one. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. So it's like four categories that had clips, which is yeah, weird. at least like, did they have DMCA issues or something like? It was it was odd to the least. I'm not sure if they will come out and say, you know, why, but it definitely detracted from the overall experience because I thought it, it it really bogged down, you know, the energy. You know, I know a lot of people who watch the Oscars, you know, because they like award shows and and you know, they like film and seeing their movies get nominated, but people watch the Oscars also to be introduced to you know, films they may not have heard of. Like, I know a lot of people who, are, who who may have watched the Oscars may not know, you know, what The Father is or Minari or Nomadland. And these clips are sort of cool little introductions uh, to these films. So it's weird that a film awards show wouldn't have clips of the films that are nominated. Yeah, it's... You know um... what I'm saying? bad way maybe because of no airtime that's why like they let the speeches run a little longer this year uh, you know like they didn't have a live i mean quest love was there but they weren't playing off the winners and i was reading that was because they needed to fill the airtime uh that otherwise would have been taken up by the live performances of best original songs you know how they always like perform oh yeah they didn't do that Exactly. So why not just show the clips regardless because you need to fill the airtime. Instead, there was that weird segment where uh, Lil Ray, I think that was his name, was going around asking Glenn Close to like, shake her ass and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? What she was doing the butt. And it's like that whole like segment felt so like, I don't want to say it felt cringe. Flat. Yeah, it felt really like it was borderline cringe and like like it was like this is weird. Like why? Like, why am I okay, watching this? Okay, Glenn Close is hilarious, but it was a little like obscure from what we're used to at the Oscars. And not that the Oscars takes everything so seriously sometimes, but it was just there was definitely better things that they could have used that airspace for. Oh, absolutely! And like, just show the clips. Like you need to fill the airtime. So like, 
I don't know that whole. I, I wasn't a fan of that uh, of that whole segment. I thought it was it felt really weird, you know. Um, and then of course there's the main controversy, which was moving the best picture category from last, which it has been, I think, for decades now. I don't, I, dude. I was actually like completely thrown off. Yeah, they 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 were, you know, the awards was going, you know, quote unquote normal. And then they announced Best Picture before Actress and Actor. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? And I thought it was going to be because they wanted to honor Chadwick Boseman by giving him Best Actor. But then he didn't win Best Actor. Okay, but I actually was reading about that. And so what I heard was that the Academy producers don't know the results ahead of time they don't know the results going into the show they don't even know it really for the most part during the show i think they i think they find out maybe like seconds or minutes before we do um and i was reading that they they were pretty much banking that he would win like they they were almost like they they were guaranteeing that he was going to win they they thought he like chadwick boseman had it in the back and yeah, but then one of the producers came out and was like, you know, I think it was a good decision because people are talking about it. And it's like, yeah, we're talking about how much of a shitty thing it was. And the fact that you're, you know, saying this right now is also very shitty, you know? Absolutely. Like, I'm not going to argue whether or not Anthony Hopkins deserved it because in my opinion, Hopkins uh, gave one of the best performances, but aren't maybe even the best performance of his whole career. Oh, hold on. People people were giving shit to Anthony Hopkins on Twitter. Let's, you know, let's not forget that this is probably one of the best actors of all time. Yeah. Like, and you like, can literally make a top 10 list and he probably makes that list. Yeah. And it's absolutely like in no way, shape or form his fault that this happened. And he gave, again, in my opinion, the best performance of his career. But I have been adamant. I have said on this show that I think Bozeman deserves best actor. And he yeah. gives a, a hell of a performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So I'm not going to debate whether or not Anthony Hopkins deserved it or, or any of that. I do think this is one of the closest best actor races we've had in a while. I think you can make a case for Hopkins, Chadwick Boseman, um, Riz Ahmed. I think all three of them, I think, were revolutionary and gave wonderful, wonderful, wonderful performances. And I would not be upset had any of them three won. What's I have a question. Weird is them pushing it back and then Bozeman not winning. That is what a mess. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question what? for you. Did now I haven't seen Ma Rainey and I haven't seen um, Judas. Now I thought it was odd, and I think we have spoke spoke on this before. That um, what the the two main actors for Judas? I, I cannot believe that I can't remember their name at the top of my head Lakeith right now. Stanfield Lakeith and Stanfield Daniel and uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Um. By the way, I love Lakeith. He's one of my favorite actors out right now. Um. Yeah. But um. Anyways, I thought it was odd that they were both nominated for best supporting actor. And I wanted to ask, like, like on top of that, um, I didn't see Ma Rainey, but. Did chat was Chadwick Boseman a, a main character? I thought Viola Davis was like the main center piece of that film. I would say the film definitely revolves around Viola Davis. 
Uh, but Chadwick Boseman definitely has a significant amount of screen time and is definitely a main character. Okay, I, I was wondering if maybe they moved him to main to the main uh you know section just to you know hope that he gets the award. Um, you know what I mean? Like like them try not trying to rig it, but it's kind of like here, like you know, we don't really have any options. Throw Chadwick in the main option in the in the main. No, actor. I get you. No, he's definitely a main actor in the film. And as for uh, Lakeith Steinfeld and and Daniel Kaluuya, that's weird because, in my opinion, Lakeith is the main is the main lead of Judas and the Black Messiah, but I think their votes got split. Like when the Academy was doing the nominees, it's just weird. Like I I, I I've never heard of a movie having two um supporting actors like you know what i mean like there's someone has to be the main the main actor for the movie i mean it's like the leo and brad pitt on on what's upon a time in hollywood imagine if that had happened like for that film yeah i guess okay that makes sense that's actually a good comparison it was weird though uh, i will say i will give you that i do think lakeith definitely should have gotten a nom for for best actor so i, I, I really wish seeing... i saw judas I, I do you know if it's on a streaming platform right now I know it was on, on HBO Max when it released in theaters, so it might return to Max in a little bit. I would, if I had to guess, I would say maybe soonish. I mean, dude, if it's on Amazon, uh, like to rent, I, I think I might just rent it tonight, like just kind of. I mean, I think you should. I'm, I'm a, I, I've said it on the show. I'm a big, big fan of the film. Uh, I think it's a wonderful film, and I think it definitely should be watched. Uh, very powerful, very, very moving. All right. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Ma Rainey, um, I just never got around to it. And it's funny, too, that I think about it. Like, There's been so many instances where I've, like, clicked it on uh, Netflix, I believe it's on, or, you know, whatever streaming service it's on. Um, and I've, like, clicked it, and then something happened where, or, like, something had came up where I was like, wait, I can't watch this right now. Like, I'll, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. And I never just got to it. And I kind of feel uh, disrespectful. Uh, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Again, I think Bozeman was an incredibly strong contender for Best Actor. And I was pretty shocked that Viola Davis didn't win Best Actress because I had her as as my personal winner. Yeah. So I I thought she might have had it in the bag, but I'm not mad. But we'll get to that. So let's, let's go... Uh, you know, category by category, sort of, um, like you know, saying what we thought. So we have a list here from NBC News, and we're just gonna sort of go from the what what's on the bottom of this list, and we're gonna make our way upwards. So starting with best original song, we had "Fight for You" from Judas and the Black Messiah, "Hear My Voice" from Chicago Seven, Husevic from Eurovision, which I have not seen. And uh, scene from the life ahead, and speak now from one night in Miami. Um, I think "Fight for You" is a good song, and I'm happy for her. I'm a fan of her. I thought it's a great song. I actually, I've heard of all these songs. I've listened to them. Um, I'm no music expert. Let me just throw that out there. Um, but I thought "Fight for You" was a really strong and great song for that movie. I, I know, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know like what scene it's in, or maybe it's in the, in the end credits, whatever. I thought it was a really good, powerful song. Um, but everything, I mean, dude, this entire list, like, uh, I, I feel like I'm never like 
a fan of the best original song uh, lists like in the Oscars. Like there's always like one or two that I'm like really, like, you know, I'm digging. But yeah, this but entire really... list, I actually, I actually, I like it a lot. I don't know. I, I don't know if you agree with me. Like it's, I, I thought it was a strong list this year compared to previous years. I could just be, you know, in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I thought Speak Now from One Night in Miami was going to win. But I'm yeah. happy with Fight for You winning. You know, I'm, you know, it was not expected, but I definitely think it's a worthy contender. It was a good company. Yeah. So now moving on, we have Best Original Score. We had The Five Bloods, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. I'm not going to talk too much about this. Soul won. I think it was very well-deserved. Absolutely. And yeah, I don't think it was... Um, I don't think I don't, it was docs I don't think anybody was mad about this uh, about this pick. Yeah, absolutely not. So moving on, we have best international feature film, another round, better days, collective, the man who sold his skin, and Kuvadis Ida. Another round took this win, and I have not seen any of these other feature films uh, besides another round. But I was a big, big, big fan of that film. I've, I've spoken about it on this podcast before. And I think it's wonderful. And they announced today they're actually making an American version of the film with uh, Leo DiCaprio set to star. He's going to be playing uh, Mad Mickelson's role. Cool. That's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. And uh, the director and I think Mads have spoken out in support of it. So it's pretty cool to see. Uh, and okay. I'm interested to see where it goes. As long as they're supporting it, then I'll support it. Yeah, exactly. So moving on, we have best makeup and hairstyling. We had Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. I actually have not seen Pinocchio. That movie looks so creepy to me. I actually didn't know there was a Pinocchio movie released this year until the Oscars. Yeah, I believe it's French. I think so. Yes, I believe you're correct. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, a foreign film. But dude, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not judging it. I'm sure it's a great creepy. film, but it looks fucking creepy, bro. He really does. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom took this award. I think it was very, very, very well deserved. I was gonna say I think maybe Emma sort of deserved it, but if anything, I think Emma uh, was a stronger contender for uh, costuming. Because yeah. the makeup and hairstyling was, was, was pretty great in Ma Rainey's. Everything looked very... I think... Uh, for the time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think for the time, Ma Rainey actually was pretty spot on. Um, But I wouldn't have been mad if Mank won it. Now, I wasn't the biggest fan of, uh, of the movie Mank, but I thought the costumes, the hairstyling, everything was perfect in that movie. It, it definitely... You know, it definitely deserved the nomination, and I would not have been opposed to it winning. Yeah, Mank was a sort of a sleeper pick here, so I, I'm glad you brought it up because it was kind of a, again. I'm not a huge fan of the film. I think it's good, but it definitely was a sleeper uh, contender for makeup and hairstyling. But Ma Rainey's Black Bottom uh, was just so wonderful. It's a wonderful film and wonderful in that department. So I, I can't really, you know, fault that. So moving on, we had best visual effects. We had Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. And now, to nobody's surprise, uh, Tenet ended up taking home this award. Which I think if Tenet was nominated for an Oscar, it would be 
for this one. Like if I had to nominate it for one, I would definitely put it for best visual effects. Definitely not best sound. Yeah, right. I think the, like visual effects was definitely by far uh, the biggest draw, like the strongest like suit of this film. You know. Um. Let me ask you: Have you seen the movie Love and Monsters? I've had that on my watch list for like months. I haven't, but it was actually recommended to me a little while ago, and I've heard it's actually excellent. I've heard it's a really good movie, and I'm a big fan of uh of Dylan O'Brien. I think he's a I think he's a really good actor given the right script, and we haven't seen him uh spread his wings. You know, like I feel like there's still more to come. We haven't seen guy. him fly yet. Yeah, like you know, he was cool in Maze Runner, like not bad, good acting. Um, yeah, I never I saw. Runner, but yeah, yeah, I never saw. Um, there was another movie he did. Was it American Assassin? I heard that that he's not bad in that either. I never saw it though. But yeah, I mean, I want to see this guy do more roles. But yeah, I I want to watch this movie. Like I said, I've had it in my watch list since like fucking March of last year. So I I should uh I should give that a go. Yeah, I'll probably watch it soon, to be honest. I, I, I would actually like to talk about it on the show because it definitely seems like it's something that's up both of our alleys. So maybe I'll give it a watch sometime this week. Um, And also, too, Mulan. Well, not the best movie. I, I actually kind of hated it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the visual not effects the weren't bad, movie, though. The visual effects were not movie, bad. Not a great It actually kind of sucked. It, it was, yeah, it was bad. But the visual effects were not bad. Um, but I don't want to, uh, yeah, I guess it's, we're coming up to it, but it, I know it gets nominated for uh costume design and I definitely think it deserves to get nominated for costume design. They, they did a hell of a job with the costume design in that movie. Okay. So I agree. So yeah, moving Tenet, on. Cool. Yeah. Tenet. Congrats. Tenet, I guess. <laughs> Thank so- you, Nolan. <laughs> Thank you, daddy. Nolan. <laughs> Oscar award winning Tenet. Oscar award winning Suicide Squad is worse. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so moving on, we had Best Sound. Um, nominated for that was Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Surprise, surprise. Sound of Metal ended up taking that award, which was absolutely very well deserved. And I'm just going to say this now. JP is not on this episode because um, he wasn't able to catch up on all of the Oscar films in such a relatively short time frame. However, he did watch Sound of Metal recently and he messaged me about it earlier today, actually. And uh, do you want to know what he said? Yeah. So he <laughs> hit me up and I was like, oh, how'd you like it? And he said, it made me irrationally fearful that I was going to lose my hearing. It terrifies me and made me sad. Therefore, I loved it. <laughs> and I was that's, like, a you know good, uh, that's a good response. Exactly. For those of you who, who, who don't know or haven't listened to the show before, uh, JP is a new uh, co-host that we have on the show. And he's a musician. So I knew that that film was going to sort of affect him. And uh, he loved it. So, you know, good for him. So now moving on, we had Best Documentary Short Subject, Colette, A Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. I have not seen any of these films. Uh, however, I do want to watch every single one of them. Uh, Colette ended up taking home this award. I know nothing about these films because, again, no clips were played for some reason during these uh, 
Yeah, that's that's what pisses me off. I know. I literally know what these are not like. I, I have no idea what these are about. Yeah, but and this that's what but that's what gets me mad is documentary short subject. These are things that don't really get much attention, but they should. And you're gonna kind of, you know, just throw the subject out there without showing shit about with these documentaries with with these films that I'm sure a ton of people put a lot of hard work into. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like especially in this past when they used to always show like at least a five second clip that you know what you're getting into when you're watching and. I don't think they showed anything. And I was like, bro, like, what are these movies? It's just so stupid. Yeah, agreed. And then the same thing for for Best Documentary Feature, um, which nominated for that was Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time, My Octopus Teacher ended up taking home that award. I can only imagine what it's about. I know there's an octopus in it. I think they actually did show a clip of that. Yeah, Um, they did, because I remember the octopus stretching out one of its, like, but dude, points. I've I've heard, and I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that documentary is on Netflix for anybody that's interested in it. Um, but I have heard from a couple of people that have seen it that it's probably one of the best documentaries of the past few years. Like, really, it's up there. So I definitely want to check that out. I saw a meme. I'm, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you. It's like uh, Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man Two, and it's like Peter Parker and Doc Ock. It's like my octopus teacher. yeah it's so good (laughs) so uh moving on like you said before we had best costume design we had emma marini's black bottom mank mulan and pinocchio i think all of these i haven't seen pinocchio but i think the other four are very very strong contenders but i do think marini's black bottom is a very very worthy winner i think if anything i think emma could have been a sleeper pick but Ma Rainey's, I think, was was absolutely incredible. And what was cool, too. Um, I'm going to bring up Mulan again real quick. Um, but I, I think they said it on during the award show that the uh, costume designer and I, I forget her name and I apologize. Um, I, I wish I had the names like in front of me, but I guess the article we're reading doesn't show that. But anyways, the costume designer for Mulan went to China and visited all types of locations so she can get a grip on how to, you know, put to, put together these costumes for the movie. And I really like appreciate that. I feel like a lot of people are very content with like Googling shit. Like, Hey, like how did things look in this time? Oh yeah. Okay. We can go off that, which is fine. If you, if you know, if you do enough research, but her actually going to the country, her actually experiencing the culture, and everything, I, I actually like loved to hear that. That's why I was really happy to hear that they got nominated. Okay, so it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. I like that. I like stuff cool. like that. No, no, yeah, very, very cool. So, best production design, we had The Father, Mulroney's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. I think Mulroney's Black Bottom and Mank were both excellent. In this regard, Mank ended up taking home the award, and I can't be too upset about it. It had wonderful production design, if we're being honest. Yeah, I agree. I, I was I was okay with that. Um Tenet, I I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean but it was pretty like run of the mill Nolan for me, and in, in my opinion. I think I think a lot of Nolan movies look the same. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Mank <laughs> and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom absolutely blow it out of water. I have not seen News of the World. Uh, I've been meaning to get around to it. I just, I, I just really, you know, haven't. But it's hard to see any of these films sort of, you know, holding a candle to Ma, uh, Ma Rainey's and Mank. Also, I want to throw out there real quick. It's hard for us to watch a lot of these movies because I know a lot of these films were released in theaters, and we live in South Florida more populated COVID kind of, you know, on a rampage down here. So it's like harder for us to go to the f- movies to see a film than it is. If you live somewhere like in, you know, like where my parents live in Tennessee or something, you know what I mean? Like they can go to the movies, no problem and watch all these, uh, all these films that were nominated. We were just hoping that we were banking on them coming out on streaming services, streaming services or like VOD or something like that, where, uh, we could watch from home. Yeah, exactly. Like Tenet, like Tenet is a good example. Like even though I saw it in theaters, I went to the theaters in in uh, July or whenever it came out. Um, it never had a streaming service debut. I don't think so. It didn't. I think it it, it released on Blu-ray kind of recently. Yeah. So, like that's why I'm saying. Like I'm just trying to like for people who are like listening and they think that we haven't seen a lot of this. Like no, we have not seen a lot of these movies, but it's not our fault. <laughs> It's I think COVID. I've done. I, I, I know you have also, but I think I've done a, a decent enough job. I've seen all the best picture noms, um, actually, except for Promising Young Woman. Don't ask me why I haven't seen it yet. I just haven't seen it. I like but, that. Yeah, I know. I knew you were a big fan of it, and I've heard great things about it. But I think we've done a pretty good job watching. I, I'd say I've seen maybe besides like you know the short films and all that. I, I say I've seen about seventy percent of these. Um, nominations. Yeah, we've we did we did our best given our, uh, yeah. our circumstances. Yeah. So moving on, we have best live action short film. We had feeling through the letter room, the present, two distant strangers, and wide eye. Two distant strangers ended up taking that. Um, then we had best animated short film, Burrow, uh, Genius Loci or Lochi. I don't know how to pronounce that. If anything happens, I love you. Opera and yes, people. If anything happens, I love you. Ended up taking that award, so congratulations to those winners. I I, I don't even know if they showed clips of that. I they don't remember them. They absolutely did not. That that's what I'm talking about, dude. Like it's the short films that that need this kind of attention, so that these uh, filmmakers can you know grow and, and have a career, and people aren't watching them because, well, at least this year, because the Oscars, I guess, doesn't want to give them that attention. Yeah. So, best animated feature, we had Onward, Over the Moon, a Shanti movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. The award ended up going to Soul. However, I kind of wish it had gone to Wolfwalkers. Sort of to give a smaller studio some more recognition. Even though I was a huge, huge, huge fan of Soul, it was my number one film of 2020 uh, back when we reviewed it. Like back when we did, you know, our best films of the year sort of episode. So I think it is a very worthy winner. I kind of sort of wish I got to Wolfwalkers, though, because that is another excellent, excellent film. Yeah, I've heard I've heard great things about Wolfwalkers. I never gave it a watch. It's on Hulu, right? Um, It is on Apple TV. Apple TV. OK. Um, it's wonderful. Wonderful movie. Yeah, I, I definitely need to check that out very soon. Soul was good though. I, I I was I was very happy to see Soul, and I thought that was a fantastic movie. But I would not have been opposed to Onward. I I have a soft spot for Onward, and I don't know why. Maybe because I have a brother. I don't yeah. know. 
I mean, I liked Onward too, but I don't think it's. It's like, not as good as Soul. Yeah, I would put it. I think it's like a mid-tier sort of Pixar film where I have Soul in my personal top five. Okay. Yeah. So moving on, we had best film editing, The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Women, or Woman, sorry, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Sound of Metal won this very deservedly, I think. Sound of Metal. I, I think so too. Yeah, I think. Sound of Metal was one of my favorite films of the year, and I know it was. I think it was my number two film. I think behind Soul, and I think it was your. I think it was in your top three, I believe. Yeah, I think it was number two. I think it was. I think I had Soul one and Sound of Metal two. Yes, you're right because we both had the same one and two. So very deserving award for Sound of Metal. We're both huge fans of the movie, and AJP is too. So it's definitely backlot approved. <laughs> we should make a little post on Instagram for that. We really should. We should. Can you do that tomorrow? What, like backlot approved movie or something? Yeah, they just put sound of metal. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So, best cinematography: Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, and Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. This was actually one of the only awards that I disagreed on the winner with. Mank ended up taking home the award. I think it should have gone to Nomadland. Mank was very well shot. It was a very pretty movie, but Nomadland was stunning. I I love Nomadland, but I'm not opposed to Mank winning. Uh, I think I would have been satisfied with either or. I mean, I'm happy Mank won, but hmm, that's actually... Yeah, No Bad Land was a really good looking movie. And I'm pretty sure the, the cinematographer of that movie is uh, doing Eternals as well. Yes, I believe so. I, if I'm not, it, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere that uh, most of the crew for Nomad Land is coming back for the Eternals. Like, plus, you know, a million more people behind them because obviously it's a Marvel Studios production. But, yes. uh,. I, I that's think cool, right. man. I mean, that's a that's a fucking great movie. And it's an Oscar award winning movie. That just shows you how good Eternals might be. I mean, Chloe Zhao is Marvel Studios first Oscar winning director. Wow, that's yeah. that's big. Yeah, because uh, Jojo Rabbit came out after Thor Ragnarok did. And that's when Taika won his uh, Oscar. Wow. No, but he didn't even win best director, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, I think he won an, an award for that movie now. Like, does that count? Uh, probably. Yeah. Yes, I think it does because I did see Taika Waititi's name as sort of like. Well, we're gonna know, have two then because he's doing Thor four. So. Thor four more Thor. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, we had best adapted screenplay. We had Borat subsequent movie film, The Father, One Night Miami, The White Tiger. And Nomadland, the father ended up taking this award. Um, have you seen the father? Dude, honestly, I've been wanting to watch it. I don't even know where I can watch it. It is fucking brutal. Dude, I heard. I mean, it, I, I'm going uh, <laughs> to shout out to Peter, our, hom- our homie Peter. But I saw his um, his letterbox review for mm-hmm. the father and he wrote 
this movie is more of a horror story than anything else. Oh, absolutely. It, it it's not a film uh, that you could watch like sort of leisurely because it's very <laughs> emotionally draining and horrifying, especially if you have someone in your family who has sort of undergone what Anthony Hopkins character is going through. And it's not an easy watch. It's not a film that I'll probably revisit anytime soon. But it can is you give, a can you give me? Film. I honestly don't know much about it. Can you give me a very quick synopsis without spoiling anything? <sighs> or does it spoil something? I would rather you go into it blind. Because I didn't know what it was. I thought, first of all, when I had like heard that, like, I, oh my God, I can't talk right now. The father was like, "Jeez, oh my God, why can I? Why can words not flow out of my mouth?" It's because you're nervous around me. It's okay. <laughs> when I was going to watch the father, I had heard it referred to as a horror film, like how Peter said. It's before uh, Peter had watched it, so I went into it legitimately thinking it was a horror film. I was like, "Okay, it's weird that you know this is getting Oscar buzz because horror films don't tend to get Oscar buzz." But it's not a horror film, but I can understand why people are referring to it like a horror film. I don't really want to tell you what it's about. I don't think it's a spoiler. Okay, do you want me to just tell you what it is? It's not a spoiler, because I'm pretty sure like, you figure it out very quickly in the film. But basically, Anthony Hopkins' character has dementia. I was literally going to ask, like, is he suffering dementia or whatever but okay cool yeah, okay yeah That's all I so know. anthony hopkins character suffers from dementia and the film is told through his perspective that's cool okay so we see um how the dementia affects the character as if the character was the audience and there's a lot of cool well it feels weird saying cool you know and refer in reference to this but there's a lot of cool and unique of like you know sort of uh, quote unquote effects and like like or like creative decisions is a better way to say it um that really helps capture what this character is going through mentally and it's heartbreaking it's genuinely one of the most this is probably the most heartbreaking film i've seen since maybe manchester by the sea came out in 2016 i can't think of another film that sort of really kind of left me I don't want to say sad because it's not that I was I was like more than sad it almost kind of left me like like scared and like empty it's it's a great film but it is a very difficult watch especially if you have someone um in your family or close to you who has gone through something similar in real life yeah okay so it definitely deserves every single word that it's won. I am, you know, I don't, I'm looking at these nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay, and I think The Father, as much as I love Nomadland, I think The Father was on another level uh, in, rever- in, like, in regards to its screenplay. Okay, cool. Good to know. Yeah, so that was Best Adra- Adapted Screenplay. So we have Best Original Screenplay. With Judas and the Black Messiah, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Minari, Sound of Metal, and Promising Young Woman. Now, I have not seen Promising Young Woman, 
However, I am pretty surprised that it won because Judas and the Black Messiah and Minari were so incredible. That's not me saying Promising Young Woman isn't. It's just surprising, especially because those two were sort of seen as the front runners for this award, and Promising Young Woman was uh, the dark horse, you know? I think Trial of the Chicago 7 had a better chance of winning this. I think, yeah, I think Promising Young Woman probably had the least favorite chance of winning it, Um, which is surprising, but it's a very clever movie if you watch it. Um, That's why I'm not surprised, but now I haven't seen Judas. I haven't seen Minari, but the things that I've heard about those movies, I was expecting them to win. Even Sound of Metal, I was kind of expecting to win. Um. But I mean, good for Emerald Fennell or Fennel. I don't know how to pronounce it. Fennell? Fennell. I think it's Fennell. Um, good for her, man. I mean, she directed it, wrote it. She directed it while she was like seven or eight months pregnant. You yeah, know, 23 she directed day it, shoot. she wrote it. I think she edited it. Yeah, dude. She fucking worked her ass off. And she was pregnant while doing all this stuff. So oh, good yeah. for her. Yeah, fucking insane what, what she did. So shout out to her. I'm definitely got to get around to watching this film. I've I've heard very very good things about it. And Bo Burnham is in it. I'm big Who? fan of Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. He's a comedian. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He's good. He's good in that movie. He's the dude with the coffee. Just the coffee with the spit in it. Yeah yeah. He's he's uh. Just watch the movie. Okay. So best actress in a supporting role, we had Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film. Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried in Mank, and Yoon Yoo Jung for Minari. Um, Yoon Yoo Jung ended up winning. And I thought she was incredible. I thought, I think Amanda Seyfried was sort of the front runner going into this award. And I think this was a very close race. I think all five of them did fantastic. And I think the award could have gone to any of them. I think Olivia Coleman was amazing in The Father, um, as was Yoon Yoo Jung. So shout out to her. I'm a big fan of Koreans winning uh, Oscars lately. Big fan of that. I, I like the love that international films are starting to get. It needs to, it needs to keep happening, man. It, like Parasite last year, uh, Minari took home a few awards. We need uh, this sort of you know, diversity. I mean, these... these there's amazing, amazing. We need to normalize. We need to normalize international films and not make it so much about being international, just make it about films. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean throw the them Oscars, all together. Yeah, the the Academy will always be foremost like a Hollywood thing and an American thing. But I do wish that one day international films will be more accepted in you know the nomination process, which I think you know little by little it looks like it's happening. But we need more of it you know you get what i'm saying totally so we have best actress now we have best actor in a supporting role we had sasha baron cohen in trial the chicago seven daniel kaluuya in judas and the black messiah leslie odom jr for one night in miami paul racy for sound of metal and lakeith stanfield for judas and the black messiah daniel kaluuya ended up taking home this award to no surprise, Kaluuya was a force in Judas and the Black Messiah. He was amazing 
in that movie. I was a huge fan of Paul in Sound of Metal, and Leslie Odom Jr. was good in One Night in Miami. Sasha Baron Cohen was good in Charlie Chicago 7. But in my opinion, none of them hold a candle to Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. He was a force. You need to watch the film so you can sort of see... Yeah, I think I might watch it tonight or tomorrow morning. Yeah, just he is fucking good. Really fucking good. So no surprise that, that he won this. So that was Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Best Actress in a Leading Role. We had Viola Davis in Mulroney's Black Bottom. Andra Day in United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand for Nomadland. And Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I think this was very split. I think Frances McDormand is amazing. She's one of my favorite actresses. And she was great in Nomadland. However, I think Viola Davis and Vanessa Kirby were both uh, very deserving of this award. You know, Frances McDormand ended up winning. And she was great, again, in Nomadland. I just think Viola and uh, Vanessa Kirby were transformative yeah i kind of wish vanessa kirby won it but i'm not mad i mean anybody on this list could have won it and i'd be happy but um vanessa kirby i mean like i said i haven't seen ma rainey so i can't compare it i know how strong of an actor viola davis is so i'm sure she gave it her all but vanessa kirby especially in the um like the first 30 minutes of pieces oh, yeah. of a woman oh, yeah. like she fucking acts her ass off like it's it, it's like i i, I want to say it's filmed in like one shot even though i'm sure it's not i'm sure they were able to do you know very minor cuts here and there but god damn dude hurt like she acted her ass off in that movie so i was uh i was rooting for her yeah absolutely again it could have gone to viola davis or vanessa kirby i'm not shocked Frances McDormand won, but I was really uh, pulling for Viola, especially since I had her as my uh, best actress. So, yeah, kind of, I don't want to say shocking, but shocking. And then moving on from best actress, we had best actor in a leading role, Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Steven Yeun for Minari. Again, I think every single one of them was wonderful. I think the three, or not even the three, because Steven Yeun, uh, if I had to say, if I had to pick a worst out of the group, I would say maybe Gary Oldman and Mank, I would say is maybe the weakest performance, but he is, that is a, by no means a weak performance, you know? I was really rooting for Chadwick, and I think everybody else was. And it was definitely looking like the show was going to end with Chadwick taking home Best Actor. And ended up going to Anthony Hopkins for The Father, which, again, incredibly deserving. He is, gives the best performance of his very long career. The man is 83, the oldest wow. Oscar winner ever. So for him to put out a performance like this at his age, you know, is a testament to his talent. But I really thought it was going to be uh, Chadwick's year. And, you know, it's very, very sad that he's never going to have another opportunity. And it's, it's, I think it was perfect because 
his performance in Ma Rainey's like bottom definitely wasn't one where it was like, you know, let's try to give him a posthumous award, but it was very deserving. So I was, ha- I was incredibly happy to see him get nominated and seeing him winning or the idea of him winning sort of picking up speed across, uh, you know, social media and all these news outlets like, hey, you know, he's the favorite to win. Oh, you know, had me very excited. And, you know, it's not how things worked out. But, you know, I, I'm glad he got the nomination. I just wish he would have gotten the win because I think he really, really, really did deserve it. I agree. I think, and I, I don't know if you saw Anthony Hopkins, his, uh, you know, thank you message on Instagram or wherever he posted it. Um, and he kind of gave a little shout out to Chadwick and his thing too. I think actually he was probably shocked that Chadwick didn't win it. Maybe. I know he, he's too old to really be traveling with that. I know he said he wanted to be on Zoom uh, to present the award, but it was very weird for the show to end so like anticlimactically. Like Joaquin Phoenix announces Anthony Hopkins wins, and then Hopkins isn't even there to receive the award, and then the show just ends. Yeah, he was like, like the Academy accepts the award for him. The end. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> uh, I also felt like I also felt like Joaquin didn't want to be there. Yeah, you kind of get that feeling too. Um also I want to say shout out to Steven Yoon for uh for acting his ass off in Minari. As I've heard, I haven't seen it, unfortunately. I, I feel like I'm a very bad host tonight, but um I'll get around to it. And uh but I want to give him a shout out, man, because I've been watching and I've recommend this show to anybody that's listening. And Steven, I know you haven't watched it. I've been watching Invincible, which is a uh, animated superhero show. It's very dark, very good on Amazon Prime. And Steven Yeun is actually the, the, the main, he's the lead role. He plays Mark Grayson in the, uh, in the show. And dude, like he's fucking phenomenal. Like he acts his ass off in that too. Like this guy, has, like he came from The Walking Dead. And to see him doing a lot of these bigger roles and 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 seeing how, where he's come has been awesome, bro. It's like to see his growth as an actor has been great. I think I'll watch Invincible very soon. It's good. And it, the season finale is next week. So or this I might Friday, wait, I'm sorry. I might wait for the season finale to come out and then just binge them all. There's gonna be multiple seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. There's probably gonna be like three, four, or five seasons. Okay, that's good. So I'll probably binge it once the last season comes out. And we'll talk about it on the show. The last season or the last episode? I mean, sorry, the last episode, the last episode. It's like, damn, bro, we're, we're planning for like five years ahead. <laughs> we have a calendar spaced out for every week, every episode for the next like 10 years. So we'll find a way to fit uh, Invincible in there. Huh. <laughs> so best director, we had Emerald, Emerald Finale for Promising a Woman, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, David Fincher for Mang, and Thomas Vincerberg for another round. I'm actually very happy Thomas Vincerberg uh, got a nomination for this movie. He was going up against, in my opinion, I think this was a no-brainer. Every one of these films is wonderful, but Chloe Zhao, uh, very, very deserving, and she had the hype. She was sweeping this category and the Golden Globes and every other award show possible so it was no surprise that she won nomadland uh she won for nomadland but every single one of these was uh nominees at least was very very deserving and i'm happy thomas vinterberg got his nomination happy to see these sort of international films get recognition on bigger 
uh, you know, categories. Yeah, man. That that well, that's what we said earlier. Like, it's awesome to see that you know, Parasite like last year, uh, Minari. It's it's wow. That's actually two international. Wow, I didn't realize that two international films in the best director section. Yeah, Liazic Charles. Because Minari also. would technically count as an international film, or not international, no. but like a foreign film. That they speak, they speak what Korean in the movie. Yeah, it's a foreign film. Okay, well, okay, it's an it's American a movie that film. You have to watch with subtitles. Yeah, but I don't think it, it category. I don't think it's classified as international. an international film because okay. it wasn't made for like it wasn't made internationally for an international audience. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Like this is definitely an American. I believe it was a twenty four. You know, yes, it was a twenty four. It was an American production, so because if not, okay. it would have won best international film. So the last nomination we're gonna try to wrap this up <laughs> the last nomination on our list which wasn't the last nomination on the actual oscars weird best picture yeah nominated was mank judas and the black messiah the father nomad land the trial of the chicago seven minari sound of metal and promising young woman I think, all things considered, with how crazy this year was in COVID, I think this is a solid lineup for Best Picture, especially Judas, The Father, Nomadland, Minari, and Sound of Metal. I think that those five are incredibly strong films. I think Best Picture could have legitimately gone to any of those five, and I would not have been surprised. It ended up being that Nomadland won, which I think was the favorite. I sort of wish it had been uh, Minari, but Nomadland is an incredible film. And Nomadland, I feel like, acts as like a documentary. Kind of. almost. Yeah, at certain points, it really does feel like a documentary. You're right. Yeah, and I I love the, like I love that about it. It's it's like it's different than what we've uh, are accustomed to. Yeah, again, it is a very strong film, very very worthy winner. I think those five, there what could have gone to any of them, and I would have been happy. You know. Yeah, totally. I I definitely agree. Nomadland though was. Um... You know, I don't think I saw it when we made our list. Um, our list of our top 10. I don't know if it's in my top 10, like, in that episode. I don't I think could... it's on any of our lists. I don't think we had seen it yet. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I did. But I'm happy I did, because it's, it's phenomenal, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it to anybody listening. Awesome. I recommend it to... Unless you're film. somebody that has, like, a short attention span that, like can only watch like action and superhero films, then you might not like it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> so all things considered, I, I agreed with most of the categories, like the winners of the categories. I think it was a pretty bad award show, but I agree with the winners of the most of the winners of the categories. I am surprised, however, that Trial of the Chicago 7 walked away with no awards because uh, there was some sort of there was like uh, like a feeling that it was going to win because it definitely is like an Oscar Beatty type of film 
So people were sort of speculating that it was going to win Best Picture and a bunch of other awards, and it didn't even take home a single one. So I was surprised at that. That is pretty surprising, given the uh, the hype around it, and and it had an all star cast and crew. So yeah, that is pretty surprising. It did. So that was our uh, Oscar Academy Award backlot post show, I guess. Very impromptu, but John and I really felt like we had to speak about it. As you could tell, probably through the less than stellar than usual audio quality, probably from my end. Uh, This was really like a sort of we need to talk about this now sort of thing. Because the award show was so odd, you know, so (laughs) (laughs) so that was our Academy Award sort of recap, sort of, you know, what we thought of the winners and, and all of that. Stay tuned because we do have another episode coming out this week. Consider this sort of like a special episode. Um, but we do have a Falcon and Winter Soldier slash Mortal Kombat review coming in the next couple of days. So stay tuned for that because that's going to be a pretty good episode. We have not spoken about Falcon at all yet on the show. We want. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been have been asking for that because you know with WandaVision we were doing it every two episodes, but um, with Falcon we kind of waited. And a lot of people have been asking me when our reviews going to be out. So it's coming soon to yes. a phone near you. Phone, computer, tablet, however you listen to your podcast. It will be coming in the next couple of days. So stay tuned. Subscribe. <laughs> Follow our social medias inside the backlot on Instagram and inside backlot on Twitter. Because that's where we're going to be plugging all of our stuff. And we post a lot of cool shit on there. So definitely check that out and check out InsideBacklot.com for some more reviews, catch up on some written ones and some of our old podcast episodes. All that is available on InsideBacklot.com. Now live or has been for maybe like a month now, maybe probably more than a month. Definitely more than a month. So go ahead, check that out and uh, we'll catch you later this week. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.